0: Thanks so much for checking out a weekly segment where I sit down with Kirk. And today, we're not taking on a game or review. We're asking the question, are exclusive games, console exclusives, are they anti-consumer? Are they bad? This is a growing sentiment. This conversation seems to come back up every now and again, but really getting traction with the current move and the rapid announcement to have four Xbox games landing on rival consoles. If you missed that last week, we covered it. Kirk and I didn't necessarily want to retread that, but as I saw the exclusive conversation taking place, I thought this would be good for us to knock it around. We've even got some tweets I'm going to want to read to you guys. I'm going to end the previous stream and redirect people over where I talked about, was I wrong about Suicide Squad? If you want to see that opening monologue, check that out. Kirk, thanks so much for being here, dude.
1: Absolutely. It's always my pleasure.
0: Well, let's just start by giving maybe our own opinions or thoughts on this because this is this is getting traction. Like I'm seeing, you know, even even like Matt Piscatella, who usually is just like citing uh, stats and and trends, even he was sort of leaning into this a little bit and saying, you know, it's it's remarkable how these platforms have really um, fostered this idea in people. That exclusives are, you know, somehow good for the consumer. So, what's your opinion on the discussion in general? Like, where would you land when you hear people saying it's either anti-consumer or it's they're just bad? They're not. They don't help us. They only help the companies.
1: Well, we were we were talking about this privately um, before, over the weekend, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I was saying to you there here, which is that I think that that when we talk about console exclusives. Let's just look at, like, uh, PlayStation specifically for the sake of example, since they have, like, the most console exclusives. Maybe, let's pretend they do. Maybe Nintendo has more, but I think they have the most well-known ones. And so there's a distinction that I personally draw between stuff like The Last of Us and God of War that are made in-house by Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica, respectively. And those are just... They're just PlayStation games made by PlayStation Studios. And if you want to talk about, okay, are exclusives good? In that respect, yeah. Like, those franchises are amazing. They're quality. We expect polished experience from those games. Uh, You know, I'm never really a pre-order advocate, but those are the type of games where you can probably pre-order it and you're probably safe, you know? And that's, like, rare when it comes to the industry nowadays. And so I think that type of exclusive, which is a... The console hardware maker, Sony or Nintendo, or Xbox for that matter—not that they really do this, unfortunately—will um, will have their own studios that they prop up, that they fund themselves, and you know they're they're they have the aim of we're going to put out the most quality product that we can, and it's going to be flagship for our console, and and for that reason, the it gets a lot of emphasis in that regard, those games, because it's they have to hit. They are going to be the flagship titles of that generation. You know, that's what The Last of Us was for the PlayStation 3, so much so that it even carried in momentum into the PlayStation 4. I think that's good. I think, you know, Halo being on the other side, unfortunately Halo Infinite didn't quite land with the the oomph that people might have liked for it to. Um, I personally enjoyed the campaign. I thought it was the best campaign since 3. Um, But, you know, there's a disparity of quality there, arguably. But in any respect, the Gears games, the Halo games, Last of Us, God of War, Horizon Now, like, these are flagship titles that are coming from studios that are owned by the company. I want to draw a distinction there between this other type of exclusive that we've seen more and more commonly, which is, you know, um, PlayStation does a deal with koei tecmo for the neo games or playstation you know and and rise of the ronin as well playstation does a deal with square enix for the final fantasy 7 trilogy for final fantasy 16 and a large part of the reason why i went out and bought a playstation 5 uh apart from the reasons that i talked about with when all the xbox stuff was going on is so i can play final fantasy and so i can play the upcoming um silent hill 2 and games of that nature and I think it really really sucks like i personally was very very surprised that final fantasy 7 remake was not a one-year exclusive like i definitely thought that game after a year was going to get an announcement that it was going to come to xbox and it did not and th- that's crazy to me that there's people out there that just own a series s and they're just not going to be able to play those games and as far as like our exclusives bad or exclusives Uh, consumer unfriendly in that regard. I think they really are. And I think that that affects a lot of people when they can't play games that it's basically arbitrarily they're they're gatekeeped away from.
0: Well, that's something that I want to push back on because I don't actually think they're kept from playing it. They're kept from playing it because they don't want to or cannot buy another platform, right? Like, no one's Mm -hmm. saying you can't play Rise of the Ronin. No one's saying you can't play God of War. They're yeah. saying, if you want to, you you would need our platform. And I think that's freedom in the market for you to decide, do you place that kind of value on, <clears throat> you know, if you're a gamer for as long as most of us have been gaming or even a recent gamer and you're setting aside funds to play games, I don't think anybody is genuinely, like it is, as far as like a big quantifiable number, I don't think there's this massive amount of consumers that are like, I simply cannot buy another console. I think it's a matter of their choice. It's a little
1: out of touch. I'm gonna push. Whoop! I'm gonna push back on that. I think that's like a little out of touch to say that there's not a lot of people that can't afford two $500 consoles instead of just one. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's unfortunate that it people might feel pressured or, you know, like compelled to. I guess is probably a better way to put it go out and, and and drop that monetary investment just because I mean, it's gatekeeping is what it is. Like, Sony knows what they're doing. They go out and sign these deals with like a Square Enix because they have good relations with them. Um, Final Fantasy used to only be on PlayStation 2, I think. And, yeah, like they go out and sign these deals for high-profile titles even after something like 15 was everywhere and 14 is now everywhere. Um, and they gatekeep the seven trilogy and 16 on PlayStation. And it's like, I, I don't know, who but, that's but if you listen,
0: but if you listen to square Enix, that's, that's simply, I, I just don't think that it's true. They shop for the best deal because they know their property's worth it. So this idea that like PlayStation is somehow gatekeeping final fantasy. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's clear that th- these companies like square, they know their property has value and he said in the one interview, they shopped it around and looked for what they felt like was the best deal for their game, and that I think also gets lost in the shuffle. These devs are not being forced to do this. No one's you know bending their arm and saying, "Well, you better you better do a deal with us." They see it as as being a business wise decision. Like this is a good decision for us to to go with this platform to make our game for this platform. So, and and the reason why. I, I don't know if it's out of touch. I think it's a miscategorization to act like the leisure market is concerned with those who can't afford it. Like, I don't think high-end vehicles, high-end technology has ever been concerned with the sector of the market that can't afford it. Like, that's just not a thing. Like, when people yeah, are making consoles,
1: real- are consoles aren't that, because PCs are. Like, that you, would be but my you rebuttal
0: think that. A, a $500 purchase to play video games, you don't think that's a leisure purchase? You don't think that's like a, a, a whoops, a, you don't think that's a leisure market?
1: Well, but what what's a, what's the cheapest console that's available, Lono? That's the, that's current gen.
0: That's current gen would be I mean, I guess the Series S if you count that yes. as current gen.
1: And you can't play those games on the Series S.
0: But no one's keeping the person who buys the Series S from buying a PS5. Uh, their afford-
1: monetary situation might be. Well, okay, I'm saying, but they, look, now, look, hang look, on, hang look. on. You Here's my problem with about, that. Here's you my want problem to talk about that. whether or not exclusives are bad or not and if they're consumer-friendly or not. I am saying I don't care about displacing the culpability. That's fine. We can put the culpability on the devs. It doesn't matter to me. I'm saying the practice, whoever's culpable, regardless of signing these contracts to gatekeep the games onto particular platforms, particularly ones with a higher cost of entry, is patently consumer unfriendly and is patently bad. If, if you want to argue that they have the freedom to do that, duh, that's how capitalism works. But if you're just asking from an emotional standpoint, is this a positive or negative thing? It's negative. It affects people negatively.
0: But it only affects those people negatively. It doesn't affect me negatively. I get better quality well, yeah, games that's, according that's to all...
1: privileges... Div- that's, that's how you define privilege, if you're not affected negatively by things that affect other people negatively. It's not so a matter you are, you are of privilege. No, it's not a matter enough. of
0: privilege. You're in, you're interjecting something into the conversation that I don't think is fair. Because imagine a consumer can set aside funds and they can buy an Xbox Series S, okay? It stands yeah. to reason they could do that again. They, they somehow managed to buy a Series S but, like, a year later, they can't do it again. Nobody says they have to buy the consoles right away. These consoles have been out for four years, and they managed to buy a Series S... But they can't financially figure out how to buy a PlayStation 5. I don't buy that. It's a value choice. They choose to buy one ecosystem, and then people want to claim, oh, I'm being gatekeep. People are saying it's a paywall. Every single thing is paywalled because you have to decide whether or not you want to spend the money. I didn't get a PSVR 2 thrown in with my PS5. Those VR games are paywalled. I've got to value that hardware and that experience to buy that to buy into that that's but the, an additive But the difference purchase. is it's
1: arbitrary because you need the vr headset to be able to play a vr game like that's a technical limitation it's an arbitrary limitation when the game is simply not available on a platform and it's and it's a third-party produced game that didn't come from an in-house studio and it's only not available on the platform that you own because of stupid contractual stuff Yes, I get that it's a free market and they can go do that. You're asking the question if it's beneficial or consumer friendly, the answer is no to both.
0: I don't agree because it's friendly to me because I value games made for one ecosystem because according to the developers, I get the game faster, I get a game that's better optimized, I get a game that doesn't have to make compromises because they've all said when you go multiplat you have to make compromises, you have to cut things, you can't put everything in there that you want, and then the games tend to have more bugs and more problems. I get a better quality product, it's not anti-consumer, it isn't.
1: That's bullcrap. Elder Rings on all platforms, and it were it's fine. It's great it had game. no Fantastic. bugs at launch.
0: Are you sure about that? It was incredibly buggy at launch. The game
1: has bugs at launch.
0: Like what? To the degree that that game had frame stuttering on PC and on PlayStation, that made it almost unplayable for some people. Like people were putting the game down and waiting for that initial patch. Like I Elden was in
1: day one and didn't have any trouble, but I I can't speak to other people's experience.
0: I don't think you can say every multi-plat game is is more buggy than than non multi platform games, but the trend is clear. The developers say, yes, that's that's symptomatic of the realities. Like, if you're going to make a game for multiple platforms, you are going to make compromises, and it's going to be more difficult to fully optimize the game than a game like what we're looking at right now. Are we going to say that Ragnarok... Okay. All right. You know, Let's...
1: Well we can play Devil's Advocate, then why can't they be year timed? Like why can't <laughs> remake have come out for Xbox? They surely would have had enough time to optimize it.
0: Well, and this gets into the discussion of is it going to generate more money for them because people are saying, well it's it's driven by greed. And it's driven by money. Okay, let's take that as a premise. Wouldn't they then say, well, we can make more money by bringing it to Xbox, let's do it. I think the challenge becomes, is the demand equal? Is the potential for sales, profit, and revenue equal on Xbox versus PlayStation? And I would say that's easy to demonstrate no. There's less of them, there's less customers. So it's a business decision at that point, is it not?
1: Port work is such a less there's such a lower bar of investment there to port a game from other platforms versus making a game from scratch. So that's, they've already no, that's done true. that's true. They've already done the development. Like they've already gotten it across the line. It's gone gold. So they've they've reaped the the recourse of the benefit from that. They've gotten the profits. They've made the sales. Now it's just additional money for a very small barrier of investment to port the game over. That's why we see ports to things like Nintendo Switch. It's just very little effort. You can even outsource it sometimes to get that return on your investment. So yeah, I mean, you don't think that... Even if Remake came out now, like if Remake was coming out on Xbox in simultaneousness with the hype of of Rebirth, like if Remake was going to launch on Xbox the same day or so, you don't think people would go out and buy... I mean, they might not should do... That's a bad example because people might think it was Rebirth or whatever. But, like, let's say a month before. If they did it a month before and they were like, a month before Rebirth comes out on PlayStation, Remake is going to come out on Xbox. You don't think people would go buy that? Buy the heck out of it? For, like, what work would they have to do to get that on Xbox?
0: I Again, I I, I think it comes down to a business decision because I think if they're going to bring a game over to xbox you know like you're saying like a year timed that's going to be up to square enix to analyze whether or not that's something they think is worth doing because a year later demands lower the platform is smaller xbox has curated a platform that has centered itself around game pass to the point that their ratio of sales for multi-plats is is always lower so you're looking at taking on more work, and not only would they have to bring Rebirth to the Series X, they also have to bring it to the Series S. So they're basically building for a two-tier system, not just one system.
1: Series S, okay, That let I, I, this is a good transition here. Series S is a great point for you to bring up. And also, the chat is just... <laughs> they're just laying into me, and also laying into Xbox. And so, I wonder if this discussion is less about our exclusives bad and more about is the xbox platform bad and in large part that would be due to series s and devs having to make the game compatible for series s if that's the discussion like if that's where chat wants to go and is saying no i don't want final fantasy and rise of the ronin and stellar blade and these other games to have to work on a series s and therefore the benefit to me is that the game is better on playstation and pc I've got no rebuttal to that. That's absolutely fine. I thought we were talking from a high level, our exclusives consumer friendly. And that would would include the other, going the other way, right? Like Starfield, people that only own a PS5 can't play Starfield. Like that's just a fact. And like, I don't know that that necessarily benefits anyone. Like it's Mm -hmm. helping Microsoft hopefully move units or at the very least have people, you know, buy their games on PC. Um, but yeah, like I, I, maybe we're focusing too much on PlayStation. People are like, no, I want to keep my games on PlayStation because Xbox is going to make it dirty and gross. Well, or I want to like, push... Whatever the conversation is there. But uh, yeah.
0: I want to push back on something Zybersword is saying. He's like, you're still taking the position of the company and not the position of the consumer in your argument. Yeah, I if agree you ag- with that. But you have to ignore everything I said up to that point, though. I said as a consumer... I have seen demonstrated in the market and with the games that I bought, exclusives are of high quality. I've not been brainwashed. Nintendo and PlayStation didn't tell me, hey, first parties and exclusives are better. I've just played them and concluded that on my own. So as a consumer, when I hear developers saying, we don't have to compromise as much, the game can come to market faster, it's better optimized, we can do more when we make a game for one system, and I say, as a consumer, that sounds great. It sounds to me like I'm going to get a better product. That's me speaking as a consumer, because it's a symbiotic relationship. Like, if something benefits the developer... And they're able to get something out better, faster, and more economical for them. That's better for me because that means they stay in the market longer. That means I get a game faster. That adds up a lot of value points for me as a consumer.
1: Maybe, maybe since they didn't have to develop it for Xbox, where it could have put actual side quests in Final Fantasy 16, that would have been nice.
0: What actual? What do you I'm not sure what you're saying.
1: It's very fex questy. They're not, they don't have, the game doesn't have a good side quests.
0: I'm critiquing oh. the
1: game. I'm oh, oh, you're info. saying
0: it. Yeah, the, the, the side quest. what well, then again, we don't know if that was artistic vision. Like, did they not want to get really hyper focused on side quests? because it's not like a traditional open world game? It's more like open area, so yeah. it's it's a lot more linear in its delivery. So I actually kind of Rizek like...
1: in chat says uh, Rizek twenty five says Kirk Square went to Xbox for Final Fantasy sixteen and they turned it down. No idea of the accuracy to that, but I'm just going to use that as a premise for the rebuttal of. Why are they going to anybody to do this? Like, I okay, so they stand to make money by signing an exclusivity deal. I don't want them to do that. Like, I it's okay for me to have the opinion that that's bad for the the gamer populace. Like, they should not do that as, like, a what benefits the majority of people. They maybe should do that in terms of, like, a corporation that wants to make money. Like, I'm not arguing against that. Like, I'm just not... I'm not going to be like, oh, well, whatever the corporation needs to do to make the most money. Like, no, I'm going to look at it from a, like, broader perspective of, like, is this hurting or helping people? And I think that Square signing exclusivity deals for games that they could very well put on multiple platforms is not really helping anybody, not tangibly. Now, again, I already mentioned God of War, Last of Us, only being on... PlayStation in the PlayStation ecosystem yeah those games are much better for that and they're in-house and it makes sense but like Square put the crisis uh whatever thing the thing with Zack I forget what that game's called like that's on Xbox so you're telling me you can't it's in the same engine right you tell me you can't put remake on Xbox a year later there's no reason that they can't do that there's no reason they shouldn't be day and date everywhere Final Fantasy 15 was
0: The problem with your position is that I think it does benefit everybody tangibly because if a business makes a decision that's in their best interest, that means they stay... Pro- they're more likely to stay profitable they're more likely to deliver a good product they're more likely to continue to reinvest in the property i actually think that is a tangible benefit i think if businesses seek their interest first that benefits the consumer we be we are the benefactors of businesses that are successful we're not the benefactors of a studio shutting down because their game didn't sell that well like uh, immortals of avium right like that doesn't benefit us when it with shout,
1: shout out to them thanks for the review
0: Right, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying like we actually are tangibly benefiting from these yeah. businesses doing well I've always said I want my favorite games and studios to make buckets of cash because then they're going to keep they're going to keep reinvesting and keep doing what they do so I I think this idea that like, well, I don't think they should do it. I don't want them to do it. You're welcome to think that. But I think to say that it doesn't benefit anybody, I think we can demonstrate that it does benefit both studios and consumers just in ways that people don't like. They don't want to have to buy another console. They don't want to, you know, because to have to save up that money to buy another console is a choice they're making.
1: All right, well, I don't want to see you or anybody in this chat right now whining when uh, Marvel Blade from Arcane is only on Xbox. I'm not saying it will be, but if it is, don't be whining if you like exclusives because it's going to be a better game on Xbox and PC, apparently, because it's not going to be on PlayStation, if that's the case.
0: I actually don't have an issue with that because uh, I'll give an example. Hellblade 2... I really hope that that game is excellent, and I hope that that game has hit good levels of optimization by only building for Xbox and PC. Uh, The concern I do have would be the timeline of development has been very short. I don't think it's been long enough, personally, uh, for a studio that size. I think they needed... For for what? For Hellblade 2. I think that it's coming to market too fast.
1: That game's been in development for a while, Lono. I don't want to give you a, a number of years, but...
0: Be careful! That, I, that I, have fo- I have followed this game very closely because it's like my all-time favorite game. They were not even in full production in the middle of 2021, according to their CEO, and that's my concern. Is it not even not even a full three-year de- dev cycle of full production? Like I'm, I, I don't. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence. So I hope I'm completely and utterly at ease when the game comes out and that it crushes it. Because
1: when did Hellblade One come out?
0: uh not sure but the very first hellblade reve- hellblade 2 reveal tra- trailer was 2019 this is why you think it's been in development for a while because right they actually announced the game like five years ago. So you've, you've done what a lot of people have done. You just assumed, oh, this thing's been cooking for a while. The CEO made it clear, like middle of 2021, it wasn't even in full production yet. But to your point, I'm not bothered by Hellblade 2's exclusivity because I actually do think that benefits the developers. I had people theorizing, oh, Hellblade Two is going to come to PlayStation. You know, they're going to surprise everybody. I really, really, really hope not because that means they've been doing parallel development for three years, which I think would hurt the quality of Hellblade too. So, if if Blade, if Blade comes out and is a timed exclusive, I am fully in support of the one year timed exclusive because you bring a very you bring a better product to market faster, more optimized, and then like you said, the porting costs it just makes sense, right? It's it, the porting cost you've already invested the lump sum to develop and build the game, and doing a port a year later when you got really good companies out there that that's their specialty is porting you know like playstation has nixus i think that's a great recipe and i think we're going to see playstation actually is going to lean more into pc i don't know if the, i don't know if day and date's going to happen before the ps6 but i do think they're going to lean more into it as well because of what you said i think it's just porting is not necessarily easier but or easy i should say but it is very cost effective they, they have to spend quite a bit less to bring the game to other platforms People are saying, give it a year, Hellblade 2 will be on PlayStation. I actually could see that happening. I can, because it's... Yeah, the first one is. At, at, this, at this stage of the game, I see that being the pattern. They're going to grab their biggest property and bring it over a year later, and eventually that line's going to get close, and you're going to be day and date. I,
1: I think Indiana Jones is going to stay. I think Indiana Jones is going to stay, and... Gosh... I'm inclined to think Starfield might stay. I'm less confident about that one. Marvel, I think, is day and date on PlayStation because of Marvel. It's like the same thing as MLB The Show. Like, Marvel will be like, no, 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 no. You're putting this on the biggest platform, guys. Um, Because they're giving them the license. And Hellblade, I think they'll do the pivot of them saying, well, we've talked about in the past for... You know, franchise they might do this with elder scrolls as well for franchises that are already well known and loved on other platforms you know we don't want to deprive those gamers of those experiences so we're definitely going to consider strongly releasing those on other platforms they might do that pivot with hellblade in the same way that they have with some other titles um yeah i, I could see that but i think i think they want to keep indiana jones as like their their flagship thing
0: what's the Especially flagship what's well. what's the flagship for though what would you say that's representing cuz a lot of this exclusive talk i think this is all tangentially related this exclusives are bad, exclusives are anti-consumer talk, has gotten turned way up because Xbox made these four games jump really, really fast. And I said, the week that that podcast happened, I told people, I said, that will be the next move. Everybody, Xbox especially, they're going to start demonizing exclusives and act like they're the devil. And sure enough, the week the podcast happened, you got Phil Spencer saying, I don't know who's helped by Helldivers only being on PlayStation. Well, like, and
1: Satya said the same thing in the in the. Activision Blizzard hearing all the way back this past last summer I guess now um, he said if, if there were no exclusives uh, I would be happier like and, and Phil sort of echoed that to a degree but Satya more firmly but they both talked about how basically the industry and it's basically not saying the name out loud Sony PlayStation uh, cultivates a, 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 an environment where a lot of these games are gatekept onto one console And so Satya was talking about, unfortunately, we kind of have to have an exclusivity-oriented mindset to compete with that, but I'd rather that we didn't have to do that. And so they definitely laid a lot of culpability and sort of instigation accusation at the feet of PlayStation for basically causing this as an industry trend, and they're sort of backpedaling trying to react with, you know, the Bethesda purchase and things of that nature, so... And I'm inclined to believe them. I think that's true. I think I think that sort of coincides with my earlier arguments that PlayStation sees the value. And I mean, I, I looked, I Googled PlayStation console exclusive. I didn't realize that they literally now have a tab in the PlayStation store for that. Mm-hmm. It's great branding. Like it's it's really smart. Um, but yeah, like that they, they know that it brings value to their platform. If you can't play these games anywhere else. I mean, that's why I own a PlayStation 5. That's the singular reason why I own one. Um,
0: Aoz is saying Phil Statement should take reflection on Halo. Do you think that that you know is is Phil basically saying, you know, you know, Xbox says all the biggest games are going to you know the biggest games are going to be on all platforms, and when Phil says I don't know who's helped by Helldivers Divers not being, you know, only being on PlayStation, well, I mean, I guess we would say that about the next Halo, right? Who's helped by it only being on the Xbox console? Because I
1: you don't mind you don't mind me name dropping uh, good old Jeff Grubb do you? Grub Grub talked about. Um, this in the past where he said maybe potentially um xbox might be willing to part with some of their more a-list ip like a gears or like a halo even just you know mass chief collection or maybe the infinite multiplayer or something Mm -hmm. um in exchange for getting some stuff like maybe they get uh rise of the ronin or ghost tsushima or hell divers or something like that And maybe they're willing to, like, barter and foster a little bit better relations. Because supposedly their whole MO is that they don't like the exclusives. They'd rather not try to compete because they're losing. And if they can do a little give and take with PlayStation, they'd be happy to do it. It seems like PlayStation is the ones who are, like, same thing. And so they said the same thing with Game Pass. They are like, no, we're not interested in that. Well, PlayStation Plus is starting to look a lot more like Game Pass. So it's like, are you really not interested or... Same thing with crossplay. Like they they weren't gonna budge on crossplay. So I think there's a potential there where they're like, oh yeah, we're not interested in putting any of our IP on other platforms. Maybe they're interested in getting IP on their platform. Maybe things maybe the landscape will change. But right now they're in the dominant, high leverage position. So they're basically gonna dictate whatever whatever goes for the next several years, if not longer. I would assume longer. So Xbox is kind of at their mercy in that regard. But if they decide in their discretion that they'd like to stop signing all these deals and maybe do a little give and take, maybe get some more Bethesda games or something like that. That's something that's been speculated upon by several industry folks who think maybe that was like the play all along with Activision now as well of sort of like, well, we said in court that we wouldn't keep it exclusive, but you know, that, that call of duty, you know, seven or 10 year deadline or whatever is coming up. Maybe, you know, we could, we could start. Yeah. Maybe we'll barter a little bit with you, you know, something like that.
0: I think the problem with that is I, I like Jeff Grubb, but I think the idea that Xbox has any bargaining power is it's like you said, PlayStation's in the position of power because Xbox has a financial vested interest in bringing their biggest property to larger platforms like Nintendo. Well, we talked
1: about this the first time I came on when Doc was on. We talked about how, how powerful Call of Duty is and how much of a big blank move it would be if Xbox, at the end of that agreement period, said, yep, Call of Duty's only on Xbox. I mean, obviously, it would have been much more potent if they'd been able to do it now. But, um, yeah, I mean, with them owning Activision Blizzard, like, there's some serious IP uh, in addition to Bethesda, where if they just locked it all down, um, they could potentially have some some bargaining power in that way. Now, I... if we're just going to get as that's super speculative, if we're like, would PlayStation budge or would they just be like, all right, sure. Eff it. Like keep all, keep all of it. Like we'll see how well you do competing against us. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they would be inclined to come to the table and, 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 and deal. I think if it was like the Jim Ryan era, I think they would posture like they weren't. And then they would probably, um, because PlayStation, I think is, is geared toward, I think they want to be, a little less cutthroat because they know that in an in a in a world where they get everything, they still win. So I don't know that they're super inclined to lose out on certain games, especially giant franchises like Activision Blizzard has. So I think they would be like, "Whatever we need to do to get everything on our platform, that would be advantageous to us because we're gonna have the bigger install base. We're gonna have like we're just gonna sell more games at that point. They don't stand." to lose the console war. Um, So I don't know that they are going to be incredibly hard headed about, you know, well, yeah, we're not coming to the table. So if you want to lock things away as exclusive, if you want to lock away Marvel blade, unless we give you hell divers, screw you. We're not giving you hell divers. I don't know that they want to do that. Like, I think that they would probably just rather get, more games on their platform because they're the biggest platform does that make sense
0: well i think it's assuming it's assuming that xbox would even try to do that like basically
1: i don't know that they would
0: threaten self-inflicted harm on themselves to be like well we want hell divers because they stand to make the most they stand to benefit the most by putting their games on playstation playstation currently doesn't even have that in their revenue streams of like Oh well, you're gonna give us Indiana Jones if we give you Hellblade. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Helldivers. So like Eugene is saying, you know, th- he cited the the total sales of some of the games like Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War 2018, Spider Man, and TLOU all sold more sold more copies than there are even current gen Xboxes. So like, they're you're asking them to bring their 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 property to a platform that is it's just there's no bargaining power there. Like Xbox, sadly. Just they fell so far behind in hardware distribution, they just don't have that bargaining power. So I don't actually think they would come to the table and say that presumed, well, we'll give you this if you give us this. I think Xbox is quite literally marching to Satya Nadella's drum. and He's saying, I want you to take this software and put it everywhere. That's where the margins are. That's the high margins we're looking for. Distribute these games to the bigger platforms.
1: And I think, again... To reiterate, I think we're kind of arriving at the crux of the issue. I think this debate would have been very different five years ago, um, but it's it's kind of like we're we're saying that the argument is our exclusives bad, but I think what we're really saying is 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 the Xbox console just a, an an inferior, less desirable console to have, and the answer is yes, like unequivocally so, and so. It's just like, yeah. There's a lot of games that you can't play on it, and there's the disparity and lack of parity between the Series S and the Series X. Like, there's just a lot it doesn't have going for it, and yeah, like it's not great to just own an Xbox. You know, I have made mm-hmm. I've made quite the name for myself just saying that simple fact in very articulating that in various different ways. So, yeah, that's totally true. Um uh, And yeah, there's the, them not putting games on that platform. So by them, I mean Sony and whoever they partner with. Is yeah. that beneficial? I don't know. I think no, because the games go to less gamers. But... Does the Xbox console also kind of suck to put your games on? Yes. So then why would they do it? Like that's that's where I'll join you in Kumbaya is like I don't know that exclusives are a great practice, but we're now at the point where Xbox has lost so bad that like if a square if we if if I went to square headquarters as like you know the the advocate of the people and was like I'm here to convince you to put Final Fantasy on Xbox they'd be like okay we'll hear you out and I'd be like ah shit I didn't think I'd get this far <laughs>
0: Well, I want to put some tweets up because uh, there was there this conversation kind of brewed over the weekend, and that's why I thought it'd be fun for us to talk about. And I liked following Matt Piscatella. I feel like he's, he's he's got good input. He's got good things that he puts out there. And
1: yeah, he, but he also has like like and I've only seen so many tweets of his. Like, and I, I he really wasn't on my radar until like this past month. But he, he, like, and it was it was something that you called out as well, but, like, there's, like, a tone or, like, an air of his tweets where it's, like, strange how people are reacting this way to this thing. And it's, like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, and he's really commenting on something that's, like, it's it's astute of him to comment on it. And he has mm-hmm. astute thoughts and commentary, but he articulates it in such a way of, like, I just don't understand why people are like seeing this in this manner. And it's like, no, that makes total sense. Like the thing that you're pointing out is the reason that they feel that way. Like, I don't know. That's well, let me, let me read, let me
0: read what he said here. He said, Sunday hot take. One of the most masterful things the console manufacturers uh, have done over the past nearly 50 years is somehow convincing a part of the most dedicated audience that somehow exclusives are a benefit to them. And now he kind of reframed this today where he talked about how he made a tweet saying that they've nurtured this environment where people think exclusives are good and people responded and said exclusives are good. And I told him I replied I said I think it was your use of somehow right somehow exclusives are a benefit to them like almost like people have been tricked or duped and I don't think that that is true. Because I agree with what Nib says here. He says, exclusives are a benefit to the consumers if you're a consumer who values quality over accessibility. And I think it's been demonstrated by lots of developers, lots of commentary, and Nib cited that. A lot of articles where... You know, Ubisoft says multi-platform games lower quality. Starfield not coming to PS5 meant they were able to focus on giving us a better product. This has been a yeah. Consistent... Well, they didn't
1: focus on giving us 60 frames, so I don't really care.
0: <laughs> okay, but still, I, the consistent commentary from devs is: you get a better product when we're able to focus the development on one platform. And if you, va- I value that. Like my value system says. I'm buying into high high price leisure. So I want it to be as good as possible. Like, I'm not going and buying the cheapest steak at the grocery store. I'm going to the butcher. So I expect a good cut. I don't expect some low-quality meat here. Like, I'm willing to spend the premium. So I am not in the value system that says, Oh, no, if the game isn't accessible everywhere, then that's anti-consumer well, the where's the, the, the line? problem lono is we
1: don't really we can't really quantify or measure in any type of way the margin of quality lost if these games became accessible like we don't know that rise of the ronin would be measurably worse if it got put on xbox like there's no way for us to to measure that so they could just be blowing fluff off our butts and just be like oh yeah it's so much more quality because we didn't put it on other platforms that could just be a total lie that could be a marketing blurb you know so like i don't really know i
0: don't really I know how it's... much
1: stock i put into that and then also like I, the fact I think that like, games so e- like starfield aren't native 4k 60 is like that's that's great that i only get to shop at harris teeter if i want to have decent steak cuts but like if they're only decent anyway, maybe I want to shop around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that the quality that we're getting is more than marginal enough, measurable enough that I'm okay with the loss of the accessibility. Like if you can show me somehow with data, which I don't think that you can, I'm not asking you to, because I don't think that's a realistic expectation of me to have. If you can show me somehow with data or evidence of in some way, there's a measurable difference in a game if it were to go multi-platform, or if it or if it doesn't, like Rebirth or Rise of the Ronin or Stellar Blade, then I would be like, okay, so there's a there's a value trade-off there. But I'm inclined to believe that it would be marginal, and it's not worth the loss of the accessibility to get that marginal increase in quality. Like we're not getting that much in exchange for a whole wealth of people not being able to engage with the product. That's my position.
0: Well, I don't, I can't give you that type of a measurement because I think that's, that is, that's kind of the unknown. But what we do know, but what we do know is that parallel development increases cost. And it limits how much they can do because now instead of focusing on, as they've said, developers have said this, you have to make compromises. There are things that are going to get shelved. There are things that are not going to get put into the game because you've got to make sure this can run on this spectrum. And there's obviously always going to be a console that gets left behind eventually, right? Eventually they leave behind the PS4 or they decide the Nintendo Switch isn't strong enough or they decide that the Series S memory constraints is too severe and they won't be able to bring the game over so there's obviously you know going to be technical conversations as well so there is no utopian game or time where it's like well no every game should be on every platform and you're asking developers to take on extra cost we've heard from devs and folks in the industry that if you're going to go multi versus single platform you're adding a year and a half minimum to the game coming to market that's another thing to factor in because all the profit gained this year versus the assumed increase in profit in a year and a half to two years, well, according to inflation, they're making less money unless they really can increase the amount of profit that they generate. And I think that's another factor with these budgets that are getting so large. The pro- the project can't sit in dev for six or seven years. They-, they want that turnaround time. This is one of the reasons I think you're going to see the rise of AA studios because I think they're smaller, operating costs are lower, and they're more agile. Uh, this is where I think Helldivers is, is is proving that the the smaller studio games are are gonna are gonna start to show up more often. But I do think you can point to stats and facts and say, look, there actually are measurable ways of saying this game only being made for one platform does actually yield better results i can't sit here and point to specific frames per second or specific features i can only go based off of what devs are telling us
1: yeah i guess but i don't know there's a lot of really great multi-platform games out there um you know, like like a like a like a dragon, infinite wealth. I didn't mean to say like a like a that many times, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the title of the game, like a dragon, infinite wealth. Um, uh, and and uh, I mean, I guess maybe Baldur's Gate's like the right model. Like what they took like six months or something, maybe less, and and uh and got it out on Xbox. Maybe that's maybe that's the way for these devs to do it. Maybe that's the most consumer friendly. Is well... uh, they're like. We're gonna prioritize a platform and then we're gonna get the other one to market when we can. Like whenever that's feasible for us.
0: I also think that if you're if you're going to look at multiplats and say, well, we do get good multiplat games, I don't think the debate or the dispute has ever been that multiplat games are bad. I think it's that we can get more or the devs can get more out of a game or their project or their budget. They can be more economical if they are building for one, one platform. And like you're saying, like bringing it later, I do think that's the secret sauce. Now I don't think you're going to see companies like PlayStation say well let's bring god of war horizon to, to xbox because right, but those the, are ten the poles. fact
1: that square won't put remake on xbox is just they're just assholes <laughs> you no, think not the, really. you don't, I mean, you, don't you don't contract like I'm, I'm not i'm being hyper i'm being hyperbolic and and uh r- not unrealistic about it but i mean like it to, to put it just in an emotional lens like not to take on the Account for the contractual realities and everything. Like they're just being assholes by not putting it on Xbox, uh, because I I guess it made them more money. I mean I don't know enough about the nature of those deals, um, but like yeah, why <laughs> why is remake not on Xbox? Like they like, have to. I mean, I it's a the Hell Divers comment from Phil was like a bit like out of touch. Like,
0: well I, I think, think that I think, know, think the it's justification. Like if you said the same
1: thing about about remake. That's a valid comment. If you're like, I don't see how it's benefiting anybody that Final Fantasy VII Remake is still not on Xbox, I would agree. I don't see how it's benefiting anybody at this point.
0: It's benefiting the devs if the cost analysis was that this is not something that would make us money.
1: There's no way that they wouldn't have generated profit off of porting Final Fantasy VII remake to Xbox. I would okay. love for you to go on record and say that they wouldn't have made profit doing that.
0: Hypothetically let's say they do make profit. What if that yeah. profit is a percent is a significant amount of percentage lower than whatever they're working on next? Because they have to allocate dev time. So dev time means whatever outsource you're working it. on now means you're outsource not outsource
1: the port. There's okay. so many studios that just do that or studios that got their start just doing that and now they're full fledged studios. Um, Yeah, porting is like a huge, huge business in the industry. And and those port studios need projects from these bigger devs to take on that get outsourced to them. And then that's how they retain employees and contractors, which we need studios do retain employees and contractors because so many are getting laid off so yeah I'm totally in favor of that of them and that means them. a
0: requirement of philosophy shift because when they talked about bringing Final Fantasy 16 to PC Yoshi P was like it's not going to be in six months because we really want to focus on optimization so if their philosophy is that they want to handle the porting because it's their property and their baby they don't want to hand it to somebody else because you got companies like Iron Galaxy out here you're asking for them to shift philosophy as well like oh yeah just sell somebody else else or i'm sorry pay somebody else to do the port that could then reflect poorly on your product what if it doesn't go like again you want them to take on business risk so that somebody else can play the game and i don't think that but haven't
1: devs been out here and said like yeah we could put the game on the other platform right now it would be as simple as us hitting a button like, I, like, devs have literally gone on record and said that. I don't know what the exact quote is or what game that was about. but there I, need has to know, been... I
0: need to know game, I need to know engine, yeah. I need to know the year it came there's out. Been there's been numerous
1: just... rhetoric from devs saying, hey, you're being lied to about how difficult it is to port a game from PlayStation to Xbox or vice versa, especially when the game is already on PC and we're talking about Xbox. Like, the PC and Xbox... E- the 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 systems there of like being able to get it to run on both of those is apparently not that complicated playstation to xbox has uh more disparities in terms of the operating systems and things of that nature so there's there's been just as many devs who as for those who have come out and said oh it takes another year and a half of dev time okay that's one take you know it's like it's like when you go to the doctor and somebody says you know oh you're 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 fat and you need to lose weight or whatever. You might want to go get a second opinion from somebody in that instance. And uh, yeah, there's been other alternative viewpoints of like, yeah, actually, this is not as complicated as other people are saying it is. And and you know that's being that's being blown up a little bit.
0: Well, I don't even know if that's a refutation of the argument because even if it's not complicated, right? It, it, it's it's cost. Analysis Like, what is this going to cost us, and what is the potential profit? and if we're not doing that we could be working on this other thing that shows greater potential for profit like they're always, they're always going to be analyzing those things and, and Squid I think that's...
1: makes like 12 games a year <laughs> like that's not a good argument like they put out like various day life like there's no way that they can't bring Final Fantasy 7 remake to Xbox I will I will die on that hill Lodo there's no I, way you can die whether... on the
0: hill but if companies could make more money with their property elsewhere they would do it uh, to, to act like these companies are just leaving buckets of cash on the table you'd have to have some special insight and knowledge into the pro- the projected sales of final fantasy 7 remake on xbox like do you have that like i don't think you do i also don't know about that game
1: we could look at the data from 15 and see if there's a drastic disparity there between playstation and xbox sales that would probably be the best data we could look at
0: i i, I also think not. I also think you have to consider the Series S like if you look at these games and what they've done for, you know, the PlayStation 5 and the commentary even around 16 was that they squeeze as much as a, you know of the game out that they could. I think the Series S is also a factor. So I, I I think you're being a little uh it's it's a little reductionist to be like, well they could, they could, they just won't. It's like I don't know if they I'm
1: could. always going to be reductionist of the big the big mega companies in favor of the of the gamer consumer base yeah for sure i'll wear that on my sleeve
0: and i yeah i think it's driven by it's driven by money and the the i feel like people contradict themselves not necessarily you but people say these companies are just doing this cuz they're greedy and they just want money and then they're like well they could make way more money if they would put it on other platforms and it's like well those aren't those are self refuting like if they are only motivated by greed and they ran the numbers and they could make a ton of money by bringing these games to Xbox i believe that they would do that i need to thank these super chats i've waited too long hang on sneaky wolf with a five spot says Someone should ask Phil who it helps to buy out studios and entire publishers and then cry about exclusivity. That's hypocrisy. Wooly, good to see Wooly. Five spot says, this is the issue with Xbox exclusives. Consumers don't gain as much from it because PC day one means the game is never curated for Xbox hardware. I think that's a fair point. A five spot from Rich Rod. Xbox fans simply don't buy games. Probably beneficial to make a game on one platform and make more money on exclusivity deal. It's simple to understand. That's also a factor... In the equation, Kirk, if they're going to make more money from the exclusivity contract than they would selling the game on Xbox. I assume that's what
1: propels it. I assume that's always what propels it. Yeah.
0: Also, there was commentary on this that they like the exclusivity deals because then PlayStation shoulders some of the marketing for them and that's massively helpful. If you're a if you're a dev studio and you've got some pull like Stellar Blade, but then PlayStation's gonna start shouldering the marketing for you, that's massively helpful. Like PlayStation's marketing footprint is very strong. They put your video out on YouTube and, and, and Twitter. That's really, really great. That that's massively just helpful.
1: Just look at the push the Pacific Drive got because it's only on PlayStation like pe- like people actually know what that game is in the in the public consciousness same thing with No Man's Sky like that got a huge marketing push from PlayStation given that it was only on PlayStation for a period of time like PlayStation puts games on the map literally when mm-hmm. sometimes when they're only on PlayStation um so yeah that, there's a there's a huge benefit to that for sure I'm, I'm not arguing with that for, to and I, I know we got to wrap up really soon here but one more thing about the the series, ass and the 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 um, detriment, maybe I guess, or the or the the lack of advantage, the disadvantage—that's the word I'm looking for—the disadvantage for devs of putting games on the Xbox platform um, rather than maybe just going exclusive to PlayStation and PC. Is it time? Are we at that point in the in the generation where Xbox should strongly consider? doing the Nintendo Switch thing where where some titles are just cloud on the on the S? Is it time? Because I know they said parody among the S and the X, but that was dumb for them to ever say that publicly. Like, they never should have promised that. That just doesn't make any sense technologically. And I just want, like, I would posit to you, like, is that a large part of the problem here? Is that games have to run on the S and that makes them worse? And that would be why devs are flocking to and very eager to go do deals with Sony, if not just for the larger install base that adds a cherry on top of like oh god thank god we don't have to make this work well on the s um is it time maybe for the s to become the cloud machine for not for like you know the indie games that show up on game pass and stuff but like your triple a blockbuster stuff is it possible that that stuff should start being cloud only the way that switch did about three or four years ago
0: I think that's the goal with the series S, but I think the challenge there is right now when you play on X cloud, you're playing on a series S profile. So you wouldn't get a boost in performance like they don't, they have to basically create larger capacity and then hit larger or higher fidelity. Um, and that has, that has not happened so and I, and somebody asked a question about final fantasy 7 remake saying lone wolf said you don't think they could get a remake of an old game to run on the series s I, yeah. I think this always gets lost in the discussion that PS4 game by the way developers push everything as high as possible like they love to do that they love to say okay how can we get this to look great lighting space freedom features like they like to push things and to think that the because it's a remake of an old game, that doesn't mean that the game doesn't have a lot of great stuff in it that would then have to be optimized, toned down, or just flat out removed to run on the Series S. This has been demonstrated in the market ever since the Series S hit the field. If you look at all of the technical breakdowns, it's very clear that when games are made and they bring it to the Series S, they have to cut things, gut things, turn things down. And you can't just flip a switch and say, we'll turn all the textures down or cap the frames at 30. That affects the entire performance of the game. You've got to bug yeah. check and make sure it's not going to cause a bunch of unforeseen issues. So I think that's always going to be the issue in this equation that if you want something to come to Xbox, the the if you want something to come to Xbox, man, Microsoft set up a pretty rough deal where you're asking a company to take on more work this was confirmed by Matt Booty more dev time more work to get that game to run and it's the smallest platform it's the it's the platform with the smallest amount of reach and their sales ratios are largely lower always because of the game pass effect like you can't argue for years and tout and, and pound your chest on how we're suckers over here on PlayStation because we have to buy games and you get them day and date and you don't have to buy games. Well, I mean, you got your wish. You have an ecosystem and a culture that's fostered this idea that, well, buying games is stupid. Well, I mean, developers are in the business of selling games. Why do you think all these publishers and devs are out here just excited? They're ecstatic about their games hitting Switch and PlayStation because it's gonna, they're going to sell. They're yeah. gonna sell games, that's what they're in the business of doing. Well, unless it's
1: grounded or sea of thieves, they're gonna sell, but
0: I dude, I don't know. Don't be don't be knocking those games. Those are good games. You know? I think Sea of Thieves, if cross-play can't
1: Skull be... and Bones run circles around Sea of Thieves. It's not even close. Oh, sea of gone. Thieves is not a good game. I'm sorry. I wonder, do you,
0: should we take bets on which game lasts longer? Sea of Thieves has been around for a long time. you got a tall order if you expect Skull going... lot
1: less. There's a lot less going on in that game, yeah. Like, it's... The, the gameplay loop and the systems are so much more simpler. So... Yes, like I think inherently it has the advantage that it's just a sandbox game where you jump in. If you don't have two or three friends to jump into that game and goop off with, it's not going to be a good time. Like you got to find a community to play that game with. If you're just looking, it's it's like, it's like the non-VR version of like Rec Room or like one of, like VR Chat or one of those games. Like you just jump on a ship with three other people and goof off and run around and go find some treasure and, and hit some skeletons with a sword. And then you try to get the treasure back to your island, and it's like fun. It's exciting. Like it's it's goofy, but like if you want to like invest hours into like an actual game, then yeah, it's that's not like it's session based. There's no progression carryover other than cosmetics. It's, it's I just fine.
0: I I think I think Sea of Thieves will has stood the test of time, even though I have my own criticisms of it, and I don't think they've ever had like this massive core audience but apparently enough to keep keep investing in it and keep doing seasons and i actually don't think skull and bones is gonna make it i don't think they have that they're not gonna have. i don't players. either
1: because as i told you on the last stream they're doing the diablo thing so in 80 80 days or so they're gonna reset everybody's in-game progress which is just oh my god i hope they don't do that like if they do that like i'm like i played the game for 50 hours now and i will leave like I'll leave I'll at least leave for a season and then take a season off and come back cuz I I want to try the it's like the season of the dragon or something it looks like it's like pirates from China or Japan or something are coming over that sounds dope so I want to check that out but yeah I would definitely take a season off if they reset all my progress cuz the game is already so busy work based it's like don't make me do that again anyway that's, that's a whole tangent that's but yeah I don't right. think
0: I, don't I mean you're that... really so you're really selling me on the game right now dude. yeah no, I'm
1: just, I, I, I I'm not a dishonest person i never I never come on here and uh you know people are saying Ubisoft shield. but uh no i i never I never come on here anywhere else and, and uh, not tell people like it is but it's same thing for Sea of Thieves. I don't what well, just I don't know why people are i don't know why people would buy grounded or Sea of thieves on playstation I don't know. Hi fi okay. Rush. Yeah. Okay, like, Lone Lone Wolf sense. has
0: the Lone Wolf has the specs for Final Fantasy VII remake on PC. And again, I my argument, I feel like you I, I feel like you're you're grabbing one thread of the argument, Lone Wolf, okay? It's not just about whether or not they could get it to run, it's that they would have to do extra time and dev work to make sure it runs well, okay? Because they would, it's different when you're bringing it to the Series S versus saying, well, here's the minimum specs that'll run it on PC. Okay, well, will those minimum specs run it well? Will they run it stable? Like, will will you get decent frame rates? Like, we, we don't, I don't know. I've not checked any of that. Again, the principle is simple. You're asking a developer to do extra work for a smaller platform where the sales ratios are always lower because of the Game Pass effect. So it's not a matter of whether or not, like... I think people always hear me rail on the Series S, and they're like, oh, well, it could run. It could run. You're wrong. And it's like, okay, it could run, but the path to get there costs money. And it's Again, a matter of... the cam-
1: platform is just not advantageous for the devs, and that's on Xbox. So, like, that, that creates a whole other wrinkle of this argument. Like, if, if the platform was better. If we had two comparable platforms and this was happening and you had to buy both to be able to play all the games then i would say that sucks for people that the investment to play a lot of like you're not going to get to play uh, there's a lot of games you won't be able to play if you only own one or the other if xbox was like churning out like exclusive bethesda games and they were a better platform but they're not playstation is objectively superior as a platform, has the objectively bigger cl- catalog of exclusives and, and of quality. And so it's like, it totally changes the argument where it's just like, well, people should just go buy a PS5 and call it a day, basically. because And at that point, you're not really concerned. Again, it's privilege. You're not concerned that all the games are on the one that you own because you're lucky enough to have them all. So, yeah, it's just like people that only have a Series S, that sucks. And devs don't want to put their game on it.
0: I think my only issue earlier and I didn't get to push back hard enough on this is couching it as privilege. There are probably plenty of people listening to this or people out there that don't consider themselves privileged but they set aside the money for it, right? Like they're 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 not high income, right? There are probably plenty of people in middle class, you know, middle class middle income homes. That say, I'm going to set aside money so I can have a PlayStation 5 and a Nintendo Switch. Or, I'm going to make sure I have every system. And I don't think they would say they feel very privileged in that. I think it's a priority and a value that they they do that. Like, yes, there are certainly people that are below the income thresholds where it's easy or it's even an option to buy multiple systems. But... In the business world, leisure markets are, not, are they're not concerned with audiences or sectors of the market that are outside their target. And I don't think a $500 console and $70 games and requiring online and all the other things that come with a console, I don't think that's targeting low income. I just don't. And that's not harsh. That's just the reality of business. I don't, I'm think, not, I don't think Porsches the are targeting the, low income You're the one either. putting
1: the low income label on... I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm talking about low income particularly, or, or you're, you're making the, you're making sure that there isn't an equation between, like equating between middle income or middle class and privilege, which is, that's, those are not, they're not equatable, but they're also not inseparable either, um, I think I said that right. Basically middle, middle income and privilege are two very, are two different things and they don't coincide with each other directly. Um, you can be middle income and be privileged. You can be middle income and not be privileged. Um, but I think that the price disparity between buying a, you know, used 150 to 180, 200 Xbox series S and managing to get a game pass subscription and buying a PlayStation 5 and paying $70 for each game that comes out or you know buying them on sale when you can for $40 or whatever the disparity of monetary investment there is large enough that yes i would say that people that have a PlayStation like myself and you and that can afford those games uh without a subscription service are privileged and the people that only have a series s and only have a game pass subscription are not privileged to have what we have i mean that's just that's just a factual statement You'd have to argue with me about what privilege means. And that's like a weird political argument at that point. But that is what privilege means. It means that you have advantages that other people don't have. And I think that the, the, the take that it's okay that so many games are on PlayStation for you and I to play because we have a PlayStation, that that is good and beneficial and fine, is an inherently privileged take. That's not negative. It's just factual like it, like it, it you're perceiving the idea of being privileged as a negative. Privileged is not negative. It's just something to acknowledge of I have a benefit of as you call it a leisure console, a leisure technology that other people may not have. And so I'm just I'm just pointing out that the disparity of cost of entry between the Series S and the the model to get into games as quickly as possible that they've set up with Game Pass and other avenues with Core, you know whatever, compared to having a PlayStation and the games all cost $70 and sure, I guess you can get a PlayStation plus subscription and get some games that way, but you'd have substantially less games available to you by that method as you would with Xbox. There's such a disparity there of what the cost is monetarily that I don't think, I don't think that we can say that it doesn't hurt anybody that the majority of games are locked away on the one that costs substantially more like that—that that just makes common sense to me. That to say that is—is it—is is the truth? Is that I don't it, it, think. But I don't think the market.
0: The, I don't think the market can hurt people. I think the market offers something for a price, and if the demand is there, it's purchased. Luxury vehicles, luxury technology—it's not hurting anybody. Sure. Sure. It doesn't. Exists. It doesn't
1: hurt me that I can't afford an Audi or a Mercedes. It just—I get what you're saying. It—it's—it's it's unfortunate, I suppose, that people that have a series S will not be able to play Rise of the Ronin. Is that a, is that a fine? It's unfortunate that people that have a series S will not be able to play the final fantasy seven trilogy. That's how I feel. So if you ask me, is it beneficial, is it consumer-friendly, I say it's not beneficial and it's not consumer-friendly. For people as privileged as us to have access to those games on the platform that they're locked away on, it doesn't matter, and it maybe helps us because the games end up being better in quality. But I'm acknowledging that there's people out there that don't have that privilege, that don't have that advantage, that aren't able to have those experiences and play those games. And that's like a fair counterpoint. You can be reductive and dismissive of it, but it's a fair counterpoint.
0: I don't think it's a counterpoint because I think it's emotional. I don't think it's a it's not an economic argument. I believe it's not a factual or scientific argument. It's an argument. You're being an empathetic person, which is admirable. That's great to feel it's for people Just something you don't
1: identify with.
0: No, I do. I do. I feel for people. It's like, man, it'd be great if everybody could have every system. It'd be great if everybody but was in a The fu- question
1: you're asking is emotional. Is it bad? Bad is an emotion. Is it bad? Are exclusives bad? Yes, they're bad for some people. That's the answer to it's your question. It's not emotional. It's you, a it's a qualitative say, judgment.
0: Our, it's it's a qualitative our, judgment. It's not emotional. Something can be bad or good. The product can be bad or good. That's a judgment of its quality. It's not an emotional decision to say that was a bad or good game or that was a bad or good quality product. Like if I say this company makes bad vacuum cleaners, I'm not that's not emotional. I'm saying that's ah, crappy pe- it's a crappy vacuum cleaner. It doesn't work well.
1: Sure. I guess if your question was more nuanced and it was, does it help devs when they put their games on only one platform? I would say, I, yes. I
0: can't put nuance in a thumbnail, homie.
1: <laughs> I know. So I'm answering the question that you're going to have on your thumbnail. And it also means that we have debate. We don't just, we're not just an echo chamber that agrees with each no, other. No, no, this that has that been a be good awful. discussion for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: For sure. Um, I, I also would have preferred to put anti-consumer on the thumb because I do feel like that's the, that's the thing people use a lot, and I don't think yeah. something can be anti-consumer, because it's simply there for consumers to buy or to not buy. That's your freedom and that's your choice, and it's you not... have a
1: very strong like pro-capitalist, pro-free-market viewpoint. That's all I'm going to say. Like we we probably are a little bit different politically.
0: <laughs> well, and in my estimation. That gives me and others the ability. Like, let's say one day the person who can't afford it lands their dream job and now they can. Wouldn't their value system suddenly shift? And they would and say, be- and
1: they would become that's what becoming more privileged is. Is you just define becoming more privileged?
0: You become. That's such an interesting way to phrase it. So Privilege if they worked, just
1: means advantages. You're you're one of those people, and there are a lot of you. That see the word privilege as like an insult. Like, oh, you're privileged. And so You don't think do it's used it that, as an insult? Yes, yeah, some people do that. But if you if you pull back and you just say what does it actually mean, it's like I am privileged to have a working car. I'm privileged to have a nice job. I'm privileged to have a nice TV. I'm privileged to have an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5. And there's people who are not privileged to have those things. And so if you ask me, is a certain industry practice bad for consumers? I am accounting for those consumers that do not have the privileges and advantages that we have as part of my answer. Here's the, here's the
0: issue with how you described privilege. Every person in existence is privileged, save the person who argues they're the most destitute. Because the person who lives in a trailer is more privileged than the person on the streets. And then the person who lives in a home is more privileged than the person in the trailer. You just argued uh, a spectrum that everybody is privileged. Sure which Relatively. makes it which makes it then a, a non it's becoming a nonsense term at that point well then what does that's it that's your opinion
1: mean? if you think that it's moot and doesn't contribute to to relevant and productive discourse that's an opinion it's not objective
0: but you just established that as long as you have something that somebody else doesn't you're pretty that's a privilege that means everybody has privilege
1: and that's something that you can account for when examining these type of nuanced issues but, like, you're, you're just saying it doesn't offer any value in the discourse. That's your opinion. You can have that opinion. But, but I think so, it does offer value.
0: But, but then you could argue that that the five-star restaurant is anti-consumer because based on the way that you structured this, the people that are privileged enough to afford it are able to go there and the people that can only afford McDonald's aren't. Like, that's, that's a continuum that never ends. It's, it's privilege all yeah, the way down. Yeah, but in this
1: example, we're talking about McDonald's only being purchasable at five-star restaurant venues and prices like we're talking about in in a a product that equates to one another and it's not accessible in an avenue or a venue or a platform that people that are less privileged can go to so that that example does work there the analogy would be same product you either can you're either there's venues where privileged people more people that are more privileged than other people can go to platforms that they can go to i.e better higher costing, you know, $20 or more to eat their restaurant, PlayStation 5 in this analogy, or a fast food restaurant, Xbox Series S in this analogy, we're saying it's the same food, but one has a higher barrier of entry and you can only get that food at the higher barrier of entry. Yeah, I think that's bad. I think you should be able to get the food in both places.
0: Okay, but here's the issue. If we're saying it's anti-consumer because there are people below that line that can't afford it, then that would mean you can go down far enough to say that games that aren't free, games that actually cost money, there are only people of privilege can buy that. Those who are destitute aren't buying video games. They're not paying but you're into t- this. You're t-
1: you're trying if that's a logical fallacy. You're trying to logically bankrupt my argument, which has logical substantiation, with another argument that has none. Like, I'm not making that argument. I'm not saying that people should get all the games for free. I didn't I'm say that, that you did. I said that, that, that game... you
0: equated anti-consumer with those who are privileged can buy it, those who are not privileged cannot buy it. And I'm saying that spectrum, according to how you define it, goes all the way down.
1: Okay, then the baseline is somebody can afford to buy a game when it comes out. Okay. Do they have to pay $200 to get the console to play it, or five hundred dollars to get the console to play it and i mean or or, or less than 200 i mean so I, I feel for the people that it's like it's i mean the, this type of money is like very tangible for a lot of people and mm-hmm. so like if we're talking about a 60 70 game you know let's pretend in some world that banishers which is ten dollars less than AAA, only comes out on playstation just because they signed an exclusivity deal with PlayStation, and there's people that were really excited about that game because of I don't know Scottish representation. I I did a podcast with the Pure Dead Gaming folks. They really love the fact that they they feel represented. There's you know a, a talented Scottish voice actor doing the Isumi Scottish because the voice acting is so so spot on. For yeah, that it was region. very good. Um, you know, and they're excited about this game, and then they go on the Xbox store to to, to purchase it, and they realize, oh, I can't buy it on my console that I you know my mom got me for Christmas or whatever you know let's say that they are somebody that makes their own income that I was able to afford with my job that is you know doesn't pay as much or whatever and I did go out and get this Series S for $200 or whatever um and I can't play that game now I have the $60 I don't have I would not have had the $560 to be able to play it Mm -hmm. So like that the barrier of entry is like substantially higher so, if you, like that is anti-consumer. Like an iPhone that costs eleven hundred dollars is anti-consumer.
0: So it's just high. Pro- you're you're saying you're you're just saying an arbitrary high entrance makes it anti-consumer. Yeah. They're,
1: that I would say that's the definition of anti-consumer. And what about the consumers you, that
0: like it and 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 buy it and are glad to pay for it and they're they're not they're not bothered.
1: They're privileged.
0: That means just cyclical. It well again. I think the problem is then is all all luxury purchases and leisure purchases are then privileged and then and then according to your definition they are then anti-consumer. So the person that can't afford it, sure. the person that can't afford sure. the console and can't afford to game, they're privileged to do that. That means that that barrier of cost is higher than what the guy who can't afford it can make. He cannot buy the no, Xbox because so that,
1: because like so like let's use technology that I'm aware of. So you like mentioned like the PSVR two or like the ROG ally, the ROG ally, like those things cost what they cost because let's stick with the PSVR two, the PSVR two costs what it costs so that you can put a thing on your head and you can be inside the game. Right? Like they had to have technology to make that, excuse me, to make that Mm -hmm. provide that experience. And that's what it costs. Like, they didn't just mark that up arbitrarily. Like, that's what it costs to be able to make that headset for the PlayStation work. And so you got to go buy a $500 headset to be able to play these games in VR, to be able to play Call of the Mountain and Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village, and VR. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense because that's the only way that you can do that, is if you invest in that technology, which is luxury, which costs a lot of money. We're talking about two platforms that are, like, supposed to be alternatives each other. There's Xbox and there's PlayStation and there's games that very easily, like Remake which is a PS4 game, could run could be on Series S or PlayStation 5 either one, it's totally going to work on either one and they're just making you buy the one that costs $300 more just because. That is anti-consumer because they will make more money if you're saying, oh a product costs what it costs because that's what it costs. Because it's it's technology, and it it's it's high end, and it's just a high quality product. That's what it costs. I I understand that. That's not anti-consumer. An Audi costs more than a Toyota Corolla because it's an Audi. I understand that. But it, then this is like saying that the cup holder or something for either car, like it only works in the Audi, or like I don't know something that you need in a car, tires or something like the tires that you want the tires that make it to where you don't uh, i don't want to i don't want to go down that analogy path but the, it's the same game that could work on both but you've got to buy the audi you've got to buy the playstation to play it like yeah that's anti consumer there's no reason that you have to buy the playstation to do it other than that the companies that are involved can make more money off of you that's anti consumer that's what that means if it was like no it really only can work on our playstation because valid reason it really only is a vr game therefore you need a vr headset it, it, it's not gonna make sense to play call of the mountain without a vr headset therefore you need to buy the 500 headset okay that's not anti-consumer that makes sense but if you're telling me i could play it on my 200 hundred dollar machine or i could play it on my 500 hundred dollar machine well we're gonna make you buy the 500 ones because it's gonna make us more money and like yeah that is anti-consumer that sucks that sucks they're, for people
0: so they're the, the, the using of the word make I don't think is right. They're not making you do anything. You have the freedom to choose to buy and it. And
1: if then, if you want to play this, you will have to buy the higher cost one.
0: Yeah. You're then, free to. As you're an, free an arbitrary do that. measure.
1: As an arbitrary measure. Not because you can't, not because it's technologically impossible to play it on Series S. It's because we want to make the additional $300 off of you. That's St- anti consumer.
0: Street shadows weighing in and saying, I'm as anti-capitalism as they come, but for things that are life necessities like food, health, but for luxuries like games, this doesn't apply for me. It's not anti-consumer. I'm a consumer who likes my exclusivity per platform. Right. I think the challenge with the term anti-consumer is that you're, ass- you're, you're essentially arguing an imperative, an ought, as if they ought not seek their best interests and their best profit, but in order to be a business, that's quite literally what they're supposed to do. Like, I don't think they are underneath an imperative to do anything other than that, else they cease to become a business. So I actually think them seeking their best interests and the most profit is the best thing for the market, because then they stay in the market with their products, and I get to continue to consume them. I wouldn't want... Sorry, I interrupted. No, yeah, I wouldn't want all of the investment in time that has gone into the, the Last of Us TV show, right? I wouldn't want them to threaten their margins or their profitability and put it everywhere and therefore hurt the potential for future seasons. Like, that would be bad in my mind as a consumer who subscribed to that that, that subscription service so I could watch that show. So I actually value them seeking their best interests because then I continue to get more and i think all businesses should do that whether it's mcdonald's the five-star restaurant or playstation or nintendo if they're not seeking their best interest in their profitability then they would cease to exist and then i would be very unhappy as a consumer i would stop getting the things that i love
1: See the thing about companies only doing what will make them the most money and increase their profit margins and everything is like that's also why we have all these layoffs because if they if they can just eliminate salaries yeah, their profit margin grows substantially because they don't have to pay people to work anymore. So, like, yeah, there's always going to be ways that corporations can maximize their profit. I don't always want them to do that because it adversely affects people. Like, that's where I draw the line. Is like, when does it it have an adverse effect on the larger range of people? Somebody not
0: being able to buy a luxury item has an adverse effect on them?
1: I think people not being able to access things that they arbitrarily can't access unless they buy a luxury item. It's not like it's not PlayStation's fault that their console is priced at $500. I understand that the the PlayStation 5 is an objectively better console than an Xbox Series S. That's not what I have a problem with. The price of that machine is is reasonable and fine. What I'm saying is it's the arbitrary gatekeeping of products that are not inherently luxury i.e let me look at this list right now let me find a game that's not like that amazing
0: well i i don't want to belabor it we've gone a little bit past what we typically yeah. plan to do here i think but it's there's a good games dis-
1: that could be multi-plat easily could be multi-plat like ghostwire tokyo is a great example they signed that one-year deal mm-hmm. yeah. um who knows if that was going to be longer than one year before let's say that before xbox bought bethesda Ghostwire Tokyo was just going to be PlayStation exclusive forever in the same vein as, like, the Neo games or what have you. Um, Just the fact that people have to buy a console that costs $300 more, which should cost $300 more. I want to make that super clear. The price of the PlayStation 5 is not anti-consumer. Signing a deal for a game like Ghostwire Tokyo, which is a game that is... Okay, good like we're not knocking anybody over in terms of the quality here signing a deal that makes that locked behind well you have to own the luxury item to be able to access it there's nothing inherent about the quality of Ghostwire tokyo that makes it to where you would need to play it on a playstation 5 you're simply saying we're going to try and compel people to reach financially if if they don't you know if 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 they would prefer to just spend the two hundred dollars on the Series S, we're gonna get as many games locked behind this access point of three hundred dollars more, mm-hmm. so they feel compelled to make that financial reach. I think that that's anti-consumer, not the price of the machine. The price why do you of the think the devs?
0: Is I have a question. Why do you think the devs agreed to the timed exclusivity? Money. What? Money. Okay. They made money.
1: Right. out of it I'm sure
0: Right, and but that
1: doesn't mean I like that like I don't know you're just gonna I'm not be like saying well, we'll you do have whatever like it. they need to do to make more money
0: I'm not and saying you have fine. to like it they,
1: they can cut they can lay people off and make more money that doesn't mean that I don't that I like that I would like it if Xbox didn't lay off people that work on COD and work on Overwatch and make those games better mm-hmm. you know that you want to talk about like an, anti-consumer laying off all those people and always an anti you know employment you know, or, or anti-workforce, anti-labor, to lay all those people off, but also those gains are going to be worse now because there's QA people and, like, update people and whatever that aren't working there. Yeah, sure, they're going to make more money because they don't have to pay those people, but the gains will be worse.
0: We want to make sure we don't conflate the layoffs that were symptomatic of an acquisition, which is common practice, and I agree with you. That's why consolidated efforts at that level are... There's
1: debate about that, whether, whether it, they needed to lay off 2,000 people. To, well, but, to do that but I was going to yeah. say
0: I was going to say that's not quite the same as the market stabilizing after the overhiring of 2020 and 2021. Yeah. I think some of these businesses it is corporatism. They're more concerned with, you know, the C-suite making more money. The layoffs aren't always necessary, but sometimes they are. I think it's important to distinguish between A corporatized version of layoffs, where they're just doing it because it becomes almost a contagion. Where hey, they're they're laying off. Why aren't we laying off? Some companies do it, and if they didn't, they would they'd meet financial ruin. Like I do think there is differences where they overhired in 2020 and 2021, which I respected the CEO of Helldivers It's Not a
1: charity. It's not a charity. Right. I that.
0: And I appreciate him saying, we don't want to overhire right now because that leads to layoffs because Helldivers 2 is obviously trying to scramble to increase their bandwidth. So, you know, I think those are, 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 are slightly different categories. We want to be careful with that. I do, I do think I just want to thank MASH, number one, for the 20 bomb gifted. What are you doing? You're a crazy man. And then Rich Rod with the five spot says, is a Switch Lite owner privilege over the guy with the Mio Mini? You can say that at every level. It's a stretch argument. And then there's a five spot from PK Ziggy. Guys, I think this has been great. I think you heard his side. I think you heard my side. I think this was, you guys in chat were keeping it respectful. If people show up and think... That, as people in chat were saying, the guy in white's winning or the guy in white's out of his head. I think we put on a good show. I think that means (laughs) that both sides felt like they got to hear, you know, either good or bad arguments on or not on their side. Yeah, to make it clear, I I,
1: I love this guy. And I think he uh, any opinions that that he's got are well formulated, even if I disagree with them. You're never out here just like talking some crazy stuff and like you've always (laughs) you've always formulated your opinion based on on facts and things that have happened and etc and i think i think we're just talking about like an ideological difference really in terms of like looking at these business practices and stuff which is totally fine like i hate the fact that a lot of discourse has lost the the simple uh concept of like it is totally okay for people to see things differently how Mm -hmm. how boring the world would be if we weren't ever allowed to civilly disagree with another, right? Right. Yep.
0: Lono? And I, well, I did want to make one final point, And I think this touches on maybe why we don't see this the same. When they ran a report about like average annual salary of the homes of the people paying into gaming, it's a hundred thousand and up. And so if they're targeting that sector of society, I'm in the wrong career. Luna. <laughs> okay. If they're targeting that audience, that market share and the consoles are selling, the games are selling, and they're profitable. I think that's where I land on it and say they can't be concerned with people that are outside of their target. Like, that that's thats contrary okay. to business practice. Like, they're not going to so say— So then it's
1: just like—so then that to me would be like they are being totally upfront about being anti-consumer. It just depends on who's the consumer, at that point, it, it depends on the subjective lens of, like, you're saying their consumer, then, is their target audience. I'm saying their consumer is the entire potential audience. That's a different sample size with different data, right? So that, that would create the disparity of how we're approaching it, I think.
0: Well, then, last question. So you think any company that targets certain sectors of society, you know, earn it, like people... That no, hey, our car or our our food chain is gonna really appeal to the middle class. Is that then they're targeting a subset of the audience, not every not everybody in the market. So are they are they then is then all business anti consumer because they all have their target well, audience threshold we of spending. Talk,
1: we talked about this. It is okay that the PlayStation Five, a five hundred dollar console, is and the ROG Ally ally a machine and other things of that nature are priced the way they are and do target the player bases that they target. All I'm saying is if Xbox targets a different, lower income, less privileged audience with their Series S Mm -hmm. in an effort to try to give them access to games at a lower entry cost, and then the companies that make the games are like, nah. We're not going to put our game on that, even though we could, because we can make slightly more money by not giving access to those people. I define that as anti-consumer. That is what that is. It is pro and money. They will marginally increase their profits, but it is anti-consumer.
0: Okay. I, yeah, uh, I just see it differently. I see them looking at that and saying, that's not our target audience. So why would we put our product there? so
1: i mean maybe xbox just doesn't get it they don't get the devs they don't get the devs don't care about those people i don't know maybe that's the problem like they put out this console for people that devs don't care about god it sounds so awful it's we don't care about you poor people out there
0: it's not but it's not an emotional care it's a it's a it's a targeted care or Her. Nintendo
1: already has that audience and so the devs that Xbox is getting to make their games are like, that's not no, people yeah. go buy Nintendo's for that. You know, I, I don't know. Anyway.
0: Well, if you guys enjoyed this segment, man, be sure to check out what I ah, hang on one second. I need to update What's this. What's new video games? What's new video games? I didn't put the at before it. I need to I need to fix that right now. What's new? video games he is warmer
1: gray on twitter
0: warmer gray on twitter warmer as in it's warmer out warmer gray on twitter so he's clickable in the description now a portion of you can come with us we are going to go to the writer's room and i'm going to get on the phone with my producer we're going to plan tomorrow we'll 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 let Kirk go but If you guys want to support him, if you cannot come to the writer's room, this is for $6 tier members and up, then click his name in the description and go check out some of his content, check out his channel, all right? And we appreciate you guys tuning in. We already did a talk show this morning about Kill the Justice League. And I appreciate you guys supporting this so, so much. This was an idea that we had. And I got to say, today, this was great. This was exactly what I was hoping for out of this discussion. And uh, you guys were great in chat as well.
1: We almost made it two hours. It's pretty we, pretty impressive, we, I would say.
0: If, if I wasn't being disciplined and looking at the time, we probably would have. I, I looked up and I was like, oh, we have to stop, <laughs> yeah. which is a great by way, sign. By the way,
1: guys, if, 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 uh, if you're not privileged, if you're poor like me and uh, can't give Lono here money, you want to head over to the channel. I do have a shorter cut of Lono and I's Banishers review that he referenced earlier. So yeah. that is on the What's New Video Games channel. So yeah, that's the perfect video to watch. If you're coming over to subscribe, check that out. Me and Lono had a Mm -hmm. great discussion about that game. We both really enjoyed it. It's a good game.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're about to be anti-consumer because we're going to go to paid content. So uh, I'm going to say something.
1: I love you, buddy. It was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you guys a link in chat as well, those of you that can come with us. If you don't click the link in chat, click the link in the description and head to What's New Video Games. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being a member uh, or higher, six dollar members here. Higher. This is going to be the writers' room. We'll we'll say goodbye to Kirk in just a moment here, as I redirect and bring people over, and we'll plan tomorrow's show. If you missed today's shows, man, it was great. We had an awesome discussion with Kirk about our exclusives, bad or the anti-consumer, and we had a great discussion in the morning about was I wrong about kill the Justice League? Great content for you guys to go check out, and then I'm going to end the previous stream and bring you guys over with redirect. I'm
1: excited to go watch that. I'm excited. To-